Hi, everyone. I'm Vincent Andrasani, and this is episode three of The Place of Sound. I want to begin by thanking everyone for tuning in to the first couple episodes of the show. So far, the feedback's been great, and the students and I really appreciate everyone who's taken the time to tune in. For those of you who are listening for the first time, The Place of Sound is a show that explores the theme of space, or the social geography, using sound and listening. We do so through a variety of audio media production formats, so you can expect to do a few different types of listening in a single show. Each episode consists of audio portraits or oral history style interviews that explore the topic of home. It includes soundscape compositions, which use everyday sounds to explore a particular place, communicating its importance to the composer. And we typically end the episode with a short podcast, which comes in a variety of audio formats, usually a host-led exploration, and usually on the topic of isolation, which we know all too well as a result of our lockdown experiences. These are the types of projects that you can expect to hear on The Place of Sound, and all of them are produced by students here at Carleton University. They're what gets produced in Comms 4501 Digital Media Production, which is a fourth-year workshop course in the Communication and Media Studies program. In the last episode, we listened to some great projects by Alan Santiago, Chao Tao Zhang, and Kayla Meirini. We have another round of great projects this time as well, but before we listen to them, we'll pause for an important announcement by Megan Linton. Megan is a Masters of Public Policy student here at Carleton University, who's working alongside data studies professor Dr. Tracy Lorio on the Tracing COVID Data Project. The group is recruiting participants to help build a database that fills in missing information on disability institutions here in Ottawa and across the province of Ontario. I'll let Megan tell you more about what it is and how it works. Hi, my name's Megan and I'm with the Tracing COVID Data Project. Disabled people have been disproportionately impacted by COVID-19, but an ongoing data gap of disability institutions makes it difficult to understand the impact and accurately prioritize vaccination. We need you to come help us hack the data gap. Join us on Sunday from 1 to 4. If you enjoy falling down an internet rabbit hole, hunting for information online, and know your way around a spreadsheet, we need you. Orientation and instructions will be provided. And though I'll be snacking on a donut and coffee, you will have to provide your own. Um, you can find more information on datalibra.ca. That's D-A-T-A-L-I-B-R-E dot C-A. Thanks. As Megan says, anyone who can use the internet and or a spreadsheet is welcome. Check out datalibre.ca to learn more, and I encourage you to be in touch with Megan and Dr. Lorio if you're interested in participating.
Okay, on to the projects. In this episode, we'll listen to a couple of audio portraits, a soundscape composition, and a short podcast. The audio portraits are by Nicole Ganado and Yasmin Jameson, and both, as it happens, feature their mothers. Nicole's mom talks about what home means to her as someone who's migrated to Canada from the Philippines. And Yasmin's mom talks about the meaning of home as someone who was born in the Caribbean, but who's lived most of her life here in Canada. The soundscape composition we'll listen to is by Ian McRae and is titled Escaping Reality. Ian explores the sounds of Hogsback Falls here in Ottawa and offers some reflections on what this space means to him, particularly over the last year or so during lockdown. And we'll end with a short monologue-style podcast by Wendy Bocata. Wendy's piece is titled Remaining Mindful While at Home and is a thoughtful reflection on her time during lockdown. I'll jump back in to introduce Wendy's piece before we listen to it. But for now, I'm going to turn it over to the students so they can introduce their pieces themselves. We'll begin with Nicole, who will introduce her piece, My Mother's Home Away From Home. and I'm a fourth-year communications and media studies student. In this audio portrait, you'll hear the voice of my mom, and we talked about the idea of being home. My aim in developing this piece was to learn about my mom's experience of what home means to her. The story you're about to hear touches on her experience calling both the Philippines and Canada home. I would consider the Philippines my first home, which I miss so dearly. It's the place where... I grew up where I had happy childhood memories, where there are times when you dream of becoming someone, the dreams that you want to achieve, the opportunities that you want to explore. It's the place where I left my siblings, whom I shared happy memories of my childhood. And it's the place and its nature, the white beaches, the good food, and the company of my friends and its happy memories. The difference between a house and a home is that a house is just a structure with a, its different designs and come in different sizes. While a home is where your heart belongs, a place where you can look forward to be at the end of the day, a place where feelings are being shared with your loved ones, whether good or bad, a place where you can laugh out loud, screams to your heart's content, or even cry when you are sad. The feeling of a place where you belong. A home is a place and a feeling at the same time because it is where you share the warmness of your loved ones and appreciation of one another and a place where you can relax and let your guard down. A home can be in, in a small structure, but big in love. I would consider my family and friends are like my home because it is them where I feel the sense of belongingness. Um, my co-workers, are, I also consider them as my home because it is in them that I grow up. They share their ideas with me and they encourage me to be a better person. The word that best describes 
Canada as our second home is love. I am truly grateful for the opportunity to migrate in Canada where I used to dream of living since I was very young. Canadians are known to be friendly and accommodating people. There are vast opportunities to explore and dreams to fulfill here in Canada. I am blessed to start a new life in this country where people are treated equally and voices are being heard. I truly appreciate of the life we had made with my family where we consider Canada as our home. Hi, my name is Yasmin Jameson. I'm a fourth year student in communications and media studies with a double minor in African studies and anthropology. For this audio portrait, I decided to capture the voice of my mother, Gail Strawn, and what her understanding of home is. She was born in Grenada, which is in the Caribbean, but she was raised in Canada. So with this audio portrait, I'm trying to capture what aspects of each country does she consider to be home? I was born in St. George's, Grenada, West Indies in the Caribbean, part of the Windward Islands. Um, I left Grenada when I was two in 1975. And because my parents left Grenada with the expectation of going back, they never really introduced us to Canada as as if this was going to be our permanent home. So I would say probably the first few formative years of my life, I always looked back to Grenada. Even though I was two years old, um, the way my parents talked about it, it left such an impression on me that I even studied Latin American and Caribbean studies when we eventually settled in Canada and I ended up staying here for my formative years and into university. Um, It's always been home. It's always been where when I do visit, that's where I feel like home is. Home means somewhere where I'm able to be my most authentic self and feel comfortable in my skin, no matter what it is that I want to do or however I feel. I can go somewhere and be able to be who I am, who I was born to be. Um, Just comfortable. Home means family, um, but it's also comfort. The foods that remind me of home are anything to do with fresh fruit, fresh vegetables, fresh coffee, cocoa. Uh, If I smell fresh cocoa beans, definitely I think of cocoa tea, um, which my mother used to make when we were younger. She would grate the cocoa herself. Uh, When I think of fruit, the first thing I think of is mango, even though I'm allergic. (laughs) But mango reminds me of golden apple, which is also a, a, a very famous apple in Grenada. And of course, Anything to do with tea means nutmeg, and nutmeg is very popular in Grenada as well. So spices definitely remind me of home in terms of foods. If my family came to Canada, would that be where home is? Partially, yes. Home is partially family, but home is also space, um, a spatial experience as well. So. I think of home as not just my cousins and aunties and uncles and sisters. I think of home as well as, um, you know, fresh sea breeze. I live downtown Toronto for a specific reason. I need to be by the water because that specifically reminds me of Grenada. And from the time I grew up in Toronto, I had to be by the water. This is the closest that I can get to feeling like that. but. 
absolutely salt water and home um, is part of the family as well home means family um, but it's also comfort hello my name is Ian McRae, and I'm a fourth-year communications and media studies student here at Carleton, and I'm also minoring in philosophy. The soundscape composition you're about to hear was created using sounds from Hogsback Falls in Ottawa, Ontario. It's a popular destination that provides the opportunity for people to get away from ordinary life and experience a little bit of nature, even if it's in the middle of a big city. This balance between man and nature was a big focus for me, and it's reflected in the collection of sounds used here, mainly being water, wildlife, and construction. This piece documents my efforts and struggle to escape from everyday life in a place that isn't as natural as it seems to be. I hope you enjoy, and thanks for listening. Biking through Hogsback Falls Park in Ottawa has always been something I've found to be relaxing and has been especially helpful for keeping myself grounded during the era of coronavirus, where sitting inside and being cooped up at home is all too familiar. Geographically, it's close to home, but it feels like a different world. Even as the weather gets colder, the park is abundant with human activity and animals roaming about their habitat. On one hand, I love that there's little slices of nature within the city that I can connect with, but on the other hand, I can't help but think about what the world would be like if humans hadn't decided where nature can thrive. The wildlife here is pretty comfortable with humans, likely because the park is full of them throughout most of the year. The finite trails and distant sounds of cars serve as a reminder that I'm still within the confines of Canada's capital city. It's October now, and the sounds of birds and squirrels are easily combated by the sounds of crunching leaves and the rush of the nearby water. The falls are the main focus of the park, with the hiss of mist and constant contact between water and rock being felt and heard across the entire space. In the sense of escaping humanity, Hogsback Falls is an illusion. The power of the falls is incredibly captivating, 
but as a result, it's the most popular destination here. The closer you get to the falls, the more difficult it is to isolate yourself and find your own space. Voices fight to overcome the sound of crashing water, and if you're not locked in, the roar of the falls can unfortunately melt into the deafening sounds of the city, urging you to continue your journey to escape reality. The following short podcast is by Wendy Bocata. Wendy recounts her experiences in isolation since the onset of the pandemic and describes some of the difficulties of living in a house with several adults, all of whom are working and studying from home. She draws from a conversation with her brother and ultimately communicates the importance of giving roommates and family members their space during this moment of isolation. Wendy's story really does mark the current moment we're living in, and there's a lot in it that I'm sure will resonate with so many of us. Enjoy the listen. Hi, I'm Wendy, and welcome to this episode on Life in Isolation. Now that we're nine months in, let's look back to when it all started. Good evening and thank you for joining us. We begin with breaking news in Ontario. The province's chief medical officer is investigating a case that may be linked to the new coronavirus. What we thought would be just another event entertaining the news for a little while actually turned into a crisis that has completely shifted our lifestyle. Today, Ontario's premier delivered the hard news. It's clear more needs to be done to limit community transmission of COVID-19. That means no gathering with anyone outside your household for at least 28 days. I mean, at first it didn't seem so bad. Us university students, we got to do school from home. Many people also started working from home and, you know, we didn't need to wake up as early. And we got to avoid the glorious morning and afternoon traffic jams. You know, it seemed, at the time it seemed somewhat convenient. But things quickly escalated, and now that we're a few months in, I thought, why not take stock of the situation, and who better to have this conversation with than someone that I've been stuck with this whole time? My brother. Um, at first it was fun. Well, it was cool. It was I. to go to school. Yeah. Yeah, it was I for like two weeks. Because at first it was supposed to be like for two weeks. You know, I didn't have to wake up early, didn't have to go to school, didn't have to do all the work. But then... It escalated. (laughs) 
we had an extra week and we kept getting extra weeks so yeah this whole situation got really tricky and i think one of the most difficult part in this is this idea of being stuck not being able to freely go where we want to go whenever we want to go and it's tough movie theaters are closed a lot of stores closed restaurants closed and everything that we have access to are now full of restrictions let's say that we're kind of in a bind so now home is the new office it's the new school it's pretty much the new everything and it's one thing to live with people but it's another thing to have to stay with them 24/7 i mean we all have our things to do and at some point we just end up stepping on each other's toes we are stuck at home so yeah, yeah it's i don't like that you don't like being stuck with you don't like being stuck with us i don't like y'all okay now i'm pretty sure he didn't mean that but I think we do need to be mindful of the people we're staying with to make everyone's life easier. Like I've been living home with my family and my dad is a teacher and he has to give live lectures almost every day. So I can't just be blasting music at any time of the day. But the same goes for me. I often have to remind my mom that she cannot just be shouting my name all over the house when I'm in the middle of a class. And you know, it's all those little things that we often do not really think about, but that can make this whole situation more unpleasant and stressful than it already is. We might start even getting on each other's nerves. And like my brother so kindly said, you may even start hating each other over those little things. So, I remember seeing on social media the other day Uh, there's that elementary school teacher who was giving a live class uh, on Zoom from home, and suddenly there's her husband that passes behind her in his underwear, and when he realized while he was trying to get out of the frame, he actually ended up running into a wall. I guess this pictures well why it's important to be mindful of others, and that's just one story among so many. But I think laughing and finding humor during hard times like these is also a great way to keep us sane and to get through it. So, next time you may want to think if it's actually the appropriate time to bang the dishes, slam those doors, or run around the house before doing so. According to a study conducted by Statistic Canada, yes, I did my research, 52% of the participants have said that their mental health was somewhat worse or much worse since social distancing began. And the fact is, we're far from being out of the woods, and that's why it's even more important to make it work especially with the people that we're stuck with 24/7. On that note, let's look around us and remember that we're all going through this together, but we may not be coping with it the same. So that's why we need to support one another. I don't know, talk to your friend, family, your roommate, your dog, anyone, but tell them how you feel. And it's okay if you need to set some ground rules. And beside the people in our household, we probably know someone that lives alone. So let's not forget about them and keep in touch. 
And even those of you who are alone, don't shy away from contacting your surrounding. It's already hard as it is to be isolated, so as much as being isolated with people comes with its challenges, being stuck alone also has its struggles. Now, I'll leave you with something very interesting that I stumbled upon the other day. The comedian Julie Nogue made a funny scenario of her talking to her past self and warning her about the pandemic. I found this quite funny because I think most of us will actually be able to relate to this. At least, I did. You're a pretty big deal. Yeah, your definition of a pretty big deal is going to change, for sure. Wow. Okay, so what is the bad news then? You are going to want to pull all your investments. What? Yeah, just yeah, get everything out of the stock market. Oh, get it all out. oh, it's a recession. You know what? Put a little money in Zoom. Isn't that a conferencing app? Yes, trust me. Okay, while we're being proactive here, actually, if you could just do a Costco run real quick. That's going to save you a lot of hassle. Costco. Do you have any hobbies? You know, just something to, something to keep you busy? Um, I, no, not really. You should get a dog. I want a dog. You know I want a dog. I just, they're, they're, they're a lot of work and you've got to walk, you've got to go outside with them twice a day. Right. The walks are going to be clutch. Right. But I mean, I have to leave them because I have so much travel coming up. <laughs> Well, yeah, I travel for work. Oh, you won't be working. But how do I afford stuff? Do you take vitamins or juice? No. Okay, it might be might be a good time to just you know get get that body in tip top shape. Get 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 strong. Get those lungs a pumping. You know, cardio, little aerobic. So she turned these into a little series where she did a couple of other videos and every time she just gives updates on the situation. So I do really recommend checking those out. Alright, thank you for tuning in and remember to think about those around you but also don't forget to laugh and just take it one day at a time. Thanks very much for tuning in to this episode of The Place of Sound. I hope you've enjoyed some of the stories that you've heard, and I can promise that there's so much more just like this in future episodes. To hear them, tune in to CKCU Radio every other Monday at 6.30 p.m., browse the archive on ckcufm.com, or visit the website at theplaceofsound.ca.